Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 151 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to be having a conversation around our values because when it comes down to it, when things get hard, we really need to know who we are and what we value if we're going to push forward through those hard times. And this applies to running and our life. This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so we are back with a new episode. Um, We did our first like best of episode last week, which was the running in the heat episode. So we hope that you guys enjoyed listening to that either for the first time, if you had never caught it before, because that was a really old one. I think it was like episode number 37. It was definitely double digits. Yeah. And, um, and if you've listened to it before, maybe you gained something new from it this time. So if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. Even if you had heard it before, because so many times when we listen to things, or even watch things there's so many things that we don't catch the first time around that when we re-listen or re-watch something or re-read something I know this happens to me with books all the time or with um it's happened to me with musicals and various little things um you always catch new things the second time around and I mean now it's a pretty dense episode also there's there's a a lot lot of of information a lot of really good information (laughs) plus it's just fun to go back and listen to us from over 100 episodes ago and just feel how stiff I am when I'm trying to talk (laughs) into a microphone yeah I like listen to the first like couple of minutes of it just to listen and I'm like oh my gosh like we don't sound like we have any personality <laughs> you sound amazing I might be a robot <laughs> no no I, I I felt like I was very stiff too but um we've definitely evolved in our podcast there you go I think so um okay so today we are going to be talking about our values which sounds like a very like heavy and dense conversation so we're going to try to help lighten it up a little bit and un- help you guys understand the importance of this and especially how this relates to running okay Okay, because a lot of times as runners, especially if you're new into running, you're like, okay, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to get fit. Like you're not also thinking of how this fits into your values of your life, right? <laughs> no, not, no. I mean, it's not usually the first thing you think about. Like one of the reasons why people are able to get into running is it, it's so simple. You yeah. know, you put some shoes on, you head out the door and, and off you go, Yeah. which is really remarkably simple descriptive of what running is because you also put on a pair of shorts and no one covers that. People are like, just lace up your shoes and head out the door. You're going to get arrested. You're going to be a naked runner. <laughs> it's it's going to be... You should also add some shorts. It's gonna and be for un- women, a sports bra. It's going to be uncomfortable <laughs> and you're going to get arrested. <laughs> so put on shoes and some clothing. And a mask, depending on where you're running. Yeah. Apparently, there's a lot of places that are requiring masks now, while you're, even while you're outside exercising. Yes. Yeah. Depending on where you are. I mean, even within countries, there's parts of countries that have it and parts that don't. And well, even our state, like down in Key West, they require it. Yeah. Um, a friend, friends of ours were down there a week or two ago and the police officer stopped them when they were exercising and said, you need your masks. And if not, there's a $500 fine. Like if I circle back and you don't have a mask on, then $500 fine. Yeah. And the fines vary by place to place. And it's, it's very interesting. I mean, I still, I pass people when I'm out on running and I always give people like a huge, like buffer distance between the two of us. Like I just, I swing out to the street most Mm. times. And and that's one thing I find that's very interesting about this time period. Like ever since 
isolation, COVID, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. Like whenever you like see another human being, you're like, ah, like you like, ah, that's a person, that's a person. Like you have to get far enough away. Like it's just such, it's very interesting because I felt, I feel like, you know, back before all of this, when you would run on the sidewalk, a lot of times people would complain that like other people wouldn't get out of the way. Yes. You know, like, especially like if there was walkers or other things, they're like, God, get out of the way, you know, like runner coming through. And now it's like people just are making so much space for one another. Oh, I know. I was normally I head to the street and I let people try and stay on the sidewalk. Um, but today I was going and I had a good distance on this person and I knew where the bike lane was. Like it was not appropriate for me to jump into the street right then because I could get hit by a car. But I knew that I was going to easily be able to get into the bike lane way before I got to this person. And they're like 100 meters away and they pulled off to the side of the sidewalk, like walked through a bunch of grass and stood under a shady tree and pulled on a mask as I ran by. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, we don't need 30 feet of distance. I think we're probably going to be okay. But I mean, some people are very nervous on this. They are. And it's interesting because there's two ways I think that we can look at this. Like there's one, like, you know, the science is basically saying that masks essentially don't protect you. They protect other people from you. No, they're doing both now. They've, there's more reports. They're protecting you also. Oh, they're protecting you also? Uh-huh. Okay. Even if w- without the uh, N95 filter? Yep. Okay. Well, that's good to know. But it is kind of funny, like, because I'm like, really? Well, you don't need to be crazy like that. Like, you know, one of my, some of my first thoughts, you know, like, I'm not that infected, you know, like, you don't, they don't have know. to. They don't know, obviously. But then I, like, try to flip it on myself. And I'm like, well, actually, Angie, that person's really just looking out for you. Like they're protecting you from them. Yep. Yep. You know, like that is kind of more of the respectful thing to do. Yeah. Like if you so. were, if you were sick with it and you still wanted to leave your house and get on an exercise, I would be remarkably conscious of everybody oh, around me. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. I'm, I'm not going near anybody. I no, feel is the appropriate no, no. way. No, I believe that. that that's important to me, which kind of spins us back a little bit towards the topic of the day. Okay. Of, uh, Before we get too far down the other rabbit hole, sure. All right. Of uh, of finding <laughs> finding your values, finding what it is that that drives your actions throughout life. Okay. So where did this episode come from? Oh, so many many places. Mm-hmm. So uh, Kevin, for those of you that might not know how we operate, basically. We come up with a topic. Sometimes it's sometimes I come up with the topic. Sometimes Kevin does. Sometimes we do it together and kind of talk about what we want the topic of the the week to be. Um, but. Kevin is always the one that pretty much does the outline, uh, except for maybe a a few in the past that I did, like the more medical ones I typically tend to outline. The ones that I sound more like a robot, she probably outlined. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've found that, you know, and this is part of like working together, um, we've found that it works better when Kevin can kind of process through his thoughts with an outline um, because of the way his brain works and the way that my brain works. Obviously, you guys probably know that I am the more talkative of the two of us. Even if this is the first episode you've listened to, you may have picked up on that. <laughs> so um, so Kevin outlines our episodes pretty much for our podcast every week. So he entitled this one, When Push Comes to Shove. And that, of course, immediately set me off in my musical um, Hamilton. Hamilton, yes. I'm not really my musical knowledge, but yeah, off on my musical journey in my head. Yes, because the kids love 
I mean, we watched Hamilton, what, a couple weeks ago? Yeah, when it first came out the week of the 4th of July. And now they're listening to the soundtrack on repeat. And when we were out of town, they would put it on the television on like Amazon Music and we're listening to it. Yeah. But there's certain songs that they like more than others. Mm-hmm. They love the songs where King George comes out and sings. And he has a line that says, when push comes to shove. And so that's what I, I made the episode. Should I sing it? Sure, if you'd like to. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, but I'll spare them. Ultimately, that line is kind of driving you towards what are you actually basing all the decisions in your life on when push comes to shove, when you're actually up against the wall, how are you making your decisions? And mm-hmm. it should be some actually thought out values. Mm-hmm. For a lot of us, it's, it's not. Right. So we've got Hamilton in the background, and then I'm also reading Dare to Lead right now, the book by Brene Brown. Um, and those of you that have been listening for a long time know that I love her and her work. And so I she got, may or may not be related to us. It's okay. She totally is. <laughs> I just have to talk to her and start to develop that deeper connection with Brene. So um, yes, Cousin Brene. Um, <laughs> um, so I'm reading Dare to Lead, and it's a fantastic book. And part of, like, one of the sections is about our values. And basically, she has us go through an exercise in the book where you take this list of probably, I don't know, over 50 values. There's about a thousand of them. There's a thousand of them. (laughs) And you have to narrow it down to two, um, which is extremely difficult because it's like things like honesty, integrity, courage, love, faith, like all of these wonderful words. And you're like, yep, I believe in that. And I believe in that. And I believe in that. And it's one of those things where, you know, she kind of talks about it. Like if you believe in all of them, then you stand for nothing, right? Like if you, if you stand for everything, then you really stand for nothing. Right. So yesterday in, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm working on something for, for the company and I'm, I'm going through trying to figure out honestly, what we're going to do a podcast on this week. And Angie hands me this piece of paper that has... <laughs> this is what I like, do to Kevin sometimes. 200 value-based words <laughs> and says, I need you to pick the two that are the most important to you. <laughs> um, can I have some lunch first? So... So there's that. So we've right. got Hamilton when push comes to shove. We've got the the giant list of values. And yep. then the the one that's uh, much more personal is when we went out of town, we're in this cabin in the middle of Georgia. Uh-huh. And I didn't run for many days in a row. Like we went on Sunday morning. We started early, early. Right. And that's normally my day where I go on a Sunday long run. I also had not run on Saturday. Because we had a thunderstorm. It was, I mean, it was storming all day long. So yeah. there was no running on Saturday. Yeah, neither one of us it was, did. It was like dangerous to be running on Saturday. Like I don't mind going out and getting wet. I do mind going out and getting struck with lightning. Mm. So no running on Saturday, no running on Sunday. Driving for hours upon hours. Mm-hmm. And then we were in the cabin on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday, yep. And then driving back. And so. And then we stopped and visited our friends on Friday. Right. So there was a full week of no running. Like on one of the days, I sprinted up the hill from like the road that we turned off to to get to the cabin to our cabin. It was mm-hmm. a quarter mile. I ran the hill repeats three times. I did mm-hmm. three by a quarter. And they were awful. That was it. That was the entire extent of my running. Yeah, I did one of them. Yeah. But that was like the full extent of running. We went on some hikes. We and did I some I was stuff. <laughs> Oh, hill repeats. I mean, that was a steep hill. That was a really steep hill. Like, we do not have hills like that in Florida. No. Definitely not where we are. No, not at all. So, I basically shut up, shut down my running because there was not a good place for me to run that easily a, from the cabin. Yeah, story that you're telling yourself. 100% story that I'm telling myself. So... 
But I had gone into that trip thinking, all right, if I don't run on the trip, it's going to be okay because this is the time to just pull back and relax and it's going to be fine. But then I went down the slippery slope of, well, I'm not running, so I also don't need to do my exercises for my hips and it's going to be okay if we have s'mores and a second s'mores and it's going to be okay if we're doing more takeout dinner because it's easier because we had this hike going and there's not really time to make dinner and stuff. So I let a lot of things slip simultaneously. And so when we came back and I went for my first run, I felt like I didn't even know how to move my legs anymore. Mm -hmm. It was so uncomfortable and so awkward. Like literally my third step, um, there was like this sharp pain from, I'm not even sure which direction, but it seemed to radiate in all directions. And I did this little like hop skippy thing in front of the neighbor's house. Like if you were watching me run, you'd be like, wow, that guy's super awkward. And I did it repeatedly throughout the run. Like every once in a while, just this random pain would show up somewhere in my body and I I would have to like, I don't, there'd be like a skip to my run. It was so weird. I'm like, I swear I've run before. I can do this process, but, but I hadn't and stuff hurt all over the place and took me a little while to get back to normal. So those three things brought this episode. Yeah. So those are kind of, that's kind of the basis. If you guys are curious, kind of where we come up with this stuff, it's pretty much usually based on what we're going through yep, in pretty our much lives. What's happening. So, you know, let's let's start off our conversation today. Um, and you know what? I, I just want to acknowledge you because I think that's really important that you admitted that, you know, because I think that especially when you're an authority, when you're in a, a coach in the field, people expect, that, you know, that you're just perfect all the time. You know, that, oh, well, coach, he always follows through on everything that he says. And, you got a perfect training know, plan and he checks it off every day. Every day. And that's why he's so good. And, it, you know, we are human beings too. You know, like we have the same struggle as everybody else like yes we have more knowledge we have more experience so that we can help others and lead others through those struggles but it doesn't mean that we're going to be 100% perfect all of the time no I mean one of the reasons why we can help people through the struggles is because we've been through the struggles not only been through them but are still constantly going through them right Right. it's like it's not like you can just like check the box like oh okay I'm now going to be motivated forever now that you know like it's just not how running works it's not how life works no it's just not it's just not Right. So we're all a part of this human condition and we're all getting through it together. Um, So I just, you know, I think that's that's really important to point out. But, you know, when it comes down to it, we lean back on our why and our values. And we talk about that a lot. We talk about this a lot with our real life runners training team, like the, the members of our training academy, because this is really what's important. So, you know, what are our values? Like, what are our core values? Because Today we want to talk about the importance of those core values and how those need to be driving factors in our lives. So our values essentially are this like deeper level of motivation that drive all of our actions. And you know, you've probably seen lots of values, right? They're in every internet meme and all these inspirational oh, yeah. quotes all over the internet, you know, and they, they sound positive and it's like integrity and alignment and accountability and ambition, like all these really good qualities that we all want to aspire to. Yeah. I mean, all of these values sound super positive. I remember years back when I was first setting up my classroom, my teacher mentor, um, came into my room after I was like, all right, I've got it all set up. And she looked at the wall. She goes, no, you need more stuff in here. Like you can't just have blank walls. I'm like, well, I don't, what am I supposed to put on the walls? Like, how do I do this? She goes, well, there's a teacher store that you could go to and you go to the store and they have these like inspirational posters, you mm-hmm. know, the cat holding onto the ledge poster, that classic. Mm-hmm. And, and 
I come back to my room and she's got a stack of these like inspirational things for me to put up. It was literally a calendar that had like all these various like value based mm-hmm. words with a picture in the background and like some statement about them. Yep. So I stapled those up on the wall of my classroom like 15 years ago. They are still there. <laughs> Same signs stapled around the walls of my classroom. But now the, that you have to change classrooms, what are you going to do? I don't know. I'm going to ask the teacher who's taking over my room if she wants them or if she wants me to take them down because I got to climb on a desk to get to them. Yeah. So, but they don't mean anything to me. I put them up on the walls because you were told because to I was up. told I needed to have some decoration on the right. walls, and I thought that those looked better than some of the stuff that I found over at like the teacher store that really looked a lot more like elementary school based. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need like bears and clowns and things. It's this is my physics class. Let's. Let's step it up a little bit. So, like, the <laughs> inspirational stuff looked cool. And so I've got these things stapled all over the I class. love inspirational stuff. They're fantastic. But it's not like I come into my class every day and I look at that sign and I'm like, yes, that's how I'm living my life. They're just scattered throughout the room, literally because my teacher mentor told me I needed to decorate my classroom more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how a lot of people, when they scroll through on like any of the social media things, it comes up and it's like, happiness is the most important value of your life. And you're like, yeah, it is. Let's share. Ha- let's heart that and yeah. share it. Double tap and share. Yeah, and sure. Double tap and share. I don't have a double tap. Well, double thing. tap is on Instagram. Yeah, I totally just hit a heart button. Well, if you double tap the picture, it also creates the heart. I know, but I'm not cool enough to do that. Yeah, sometimes it's funny because then I'll double tap on Facebook and face then if I if I tap on the picture on Facebook it does not like it. It just like pops the the picture up. It's just bigger for you. Bigger? Yeah. yeah. Separate, and so I'm like, oh window. no, I got to get out of it. And so <laughs> But anyway, I digress. So, you know, these inspirational quotes come at us and and we agree with so many of them. Like, so many of them. I mean, yeah, I exaggerated a little bit when I said there was a list of of 200 of them. But there was was 50 to 100, I would say. Yeah, I think there were around 100 of them on that list. Yeah, probably 100. I'm very not good at estimating estimating. large crowds. Or time, or crowds, (laughs) yeah. My Uh, estimation skills are lacking. But if you go through and you look at them, you're like, yes, I agree with all of these. All of these are important things, which brings back to your point of the challenge really comes from trying to narrow that field down. Yeah. Like, how do you choose, you know? Because they're all good. Right. Yeah. And there's not a wrong choice for it. It's a very, very personal choice. Like, is it more important to have wealth or health? Because you want both. That's a tricky one. Right success in career or family, you know, security or integrity, joy or peace. And then they start getting related to each other. You're like, are those even separate things? How do I differentiate between those? And they're tricky. Well, they're, they're tricky because there, there's not a huge difference between a lot of them. And so basically the way that the exercise, you know, kind of guides you is that you have to narrow it down so that that word is who you are at your core. Like it's when you read that word, you're like, yeah, that's me, you know, and and it's, it's basically how we boil ourselves down. Like, what is it that are like, she basically has you come down with one or two core values and that's it. You can't have more than two because you know, all of those things, yes, they're important, but it's which one is the, the anchor? You know, what is the anchor for you? Is the anchor, like, are you acting, when it push comes to shove, when you get into a really hard spot, where is your anchor? What do you default to? You know, so for her, like the two that she chose were faith and courage. Because she was saying that, you know, when she comes down to it, like, she, it, it killed her not to circle the word family, you know, and that I would totally agree with that. But when it comes down to it, like, 
her courage, like she gives various, gives various examples in the book, which I really enjoy. Um, but basically it's like, you know, I have to be courageous enough to say no to this speaking engagement and because I am prioritizing my family. So courage was her anchor that allowed her to value and prioritize the other things in her life that were important to her. Right. Like you're not eliminating any other values. Exactly. But when pressed into a difficult situation, you automatically rank them. Yeah. What do you default to? Yes. There's mm-hmm. something that, that naturally defaults to. And it the more difficult the situation is, the more it's important that you've got those values figured out. Yeah. Because you're going to have to make a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you make choices all day long. And if you know what the core values are, it really makes the choices easier. It does. Much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're looking at or situations. Or much harder. Like, because sometimes, because a lot of times the right thing to do that is anchored to your core value is not the easy thing to do. Right. And I mean, we'll get into that, but making the choice itself is not that tricky. Following through can get a little trickier. I guess that's a good point. Um, but you, you do automatically start ranking these things and, um, so you have to have some clarity in what, what your values are. When you don't have clarity in your values, it just leads to a lot of confusion and a lot of like just uncertainty in your own life of whether like this is a good thing that you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. am I heading in the right direction? And this is where I think it starts tying into running mm-hmm. pretty easily. Because if you don't have clear values, it's kind of like not having a clear running goal. Mm-hmm. You lead to a lot of confusion and a complete lack of progress. You know, if you don't have a destination, how do you know which direction you're even going? How do you know if you've made it there if you don't have a goal. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it even goes deeper than that. You know, I mean, yes, running goals are important. Like if you want to progress, if you want to have a destination, but it comes down even deeper to that, to like your inherent level of motivation. Because even if you don't have a running goal right now, like a lot of people are finding it very difficult to have a running goal of any type because there's no race, no races right now. No races are being scheduled. So there's not something that people are quote unquote training for, you know, like I joke around, I mean, and it's, it's, it's half a joke and half really not a joke because it's like, Oh, I'm just training for life right now because (laughs) running helps me to handle my life better because I feel like running helps make me a stronger person. And strength is one of my values. Um, and it's hard. Like I had a really hard time, like coming down to two values and I'm still kind of, still kind of have four that I'm really, (laughs) (laughs) that I'm really kind of working between because there's, they're very interconnected to me, like, because they are very similar, like you said. So I'm just trying to figure out which one is that deeper rank, you know, is it courage? Is it strength? Is it faith? Is it love? Like, is it integrity? Those are like my top five. So I'm still, still narrowing it Let's down. Let's see how many she's two. got when the episode ends. <laughs> those are like my top 15. No, just five. Like I've, I've definitely narrowed it down to that. So it's just a matter of which one kind of speaks to me more. Like when push comes to shove, what do I lean on more? Is it my faith? Is it my love? Is it my strength? Like what is it that I kind of dig deeper and say like, no, like this is who I am. And so this is how I have to act because this is who I am. Right. And I mean, you really, 
nail it there with this is who I am, so this is how I have to act. Yeah. Because the one thing then defines the other. Like this, these are the actions that I have to take. Mm-hmm. Peace of mind really comes when your actions line up with your values. Yeah. So if you don't have clarity on the values, then your actions aren't grounded in anything. Mm-hmm. Then you're just taking random actions. Right. And you're like, no, 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 this this makes sense to me. And now this also makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a bowl of ice cream. And maybe I should just go for a walk today. And like, there's all sorts of things that are related to health, that are related to your job, that are related to your family. And you're like, you know, this feels right in the moment. But if you haven't really lined up and clarified core values, when you go back and you're like, okay, why did I really make all of these choices? Do all these choices have like a common underlying thing? Mm -hmm. If you don't have clarity on the values, they might not. And so then you're really just left taking random actions and you know, in the case of running, not progressing anywhere. Right. So let's take an example, like for love, for example. Okay. So I, I do believe that love is one of my top two. Um, the other, the other one I'm still working on, but love is the top, one of the top two. So it's probably my number one. So I try to let, that's like my filter that I run things through. So is this something that is a loving action? Is this the loving thing to do? And sometimes that loving thing to do is really difficult, right? Like telling the truth in a hard situation, like having the courage to, to approach someone because someone has upset you or offended you. Like, is that the loving thing to do for myself and for them? Like I I need to, you need to think of love in both ways. Same thing with running, right? To me, running is an act of love for myself Mm -hmm. because it's a way that I take care of my body. Like my health, yes, my health is a huge priority to me, obviously, but health and, and taking care of my health is a form of self-love, right? And so it, it's what that, what's the anchor of it all, you know, like is health itself the anchor or is love the anchor? And so for me, it's love for other people. It might be something else, but that's basically how you kind of break it down. So, you know, having hard conversations is an act of love in me and, you know, trying to to discipline my kids and make them into good people even if it's hard is an act of love and so it helps those harder actions become less hard because it's just what you have to do and this very much ties into our identity of being a real life runner you know we we encourage people to take on the identity of runner and specifically real life runner because we have to act out of who we are. Like we need to stay in integrity with our values. And so integrity is a value, right? So do you act out of integrity because that is your core value or is it, is it still, you know, I, integrity is something that is very important to me, but does that come from self-love too, right? Like it's an act of love to stay in integrity and do the things that I say I'm going to do and be the person that I say that I am. That to me is an act of love. Yeah. Being, being honest and and doing difficult things and having difficult conversations all stems from love. Right. Um, but you know, the runner identity that you bring up, like I'm a real life runner. I, I am a runner. Therefore I do hard things. It's not just I do hard things. Yeah. I'm going to go out there and do hard things for the sake of doing hard things. Right. There's an underlying background to this that from a purely running perspective helps prevent you from overtraining. Mm -hmm. I'm a runner. I do hard things. Does not mean every day I wake up and I put on my shoes and shorts and sports bra in the appropriate (laughs) case and I head out the door and I run as hard as I possibly can. Yeah. That's not doing hard things. That's not doing hard things. That's just running really, really hard every single day. And that's not intelligent. Like that's not the intelligent way to train in the hard thing 
for a lot of runners is to take the easy day. It is to take the recovery day. Mm -hmm. Um, And to know when to say no. Yes. You know, oh, well, I'm part of this running group and then I'm part of this running group and these guys get together and do a speed work on Tuesday and these guys get together and do a speed work on Wednesday. And and there's also this challenge going on. (laughs) And then there's also my streak that I can't let go. Yes. So there's, there's a lot of things that could line up simultaneously. And sometimes the hard thing is saying no Mm -hmm. and making sure that you're able to actually take care of yourself as well. Right. And sometimes the, the, you know, thing, the harder thing is to say yes. Right. And to maintain that streak and to maintain those relationships. So it it just depends on you. And so, you know, I don't want anyone to ever think that we're judging you guys because like this, there are some people like, you know, even my friends in my local running group are like, Angie, you'd be proud of me. I, you know, took it easy today, or I did this today, or I did speed work today, like whatever it is, like the second half of that sentence is always different, but I'm like, I'm not proud of you either way. (laughs) Like your running has nothing to do with me. I'm happy for you. I'll be excited. We can celebrate but like you know pride to me is a it's a tricky word but like you know I I digress again but um you know it's one of those things that I'm not judging anybody like everybody's on their own running journey and it's our job that we've taken on ourselves to kind of point these things out and make you guys think about it like how and it's up to you to decide how these things apply to your life in your situation in your journey right the awareness is is a big important part of this guy um and what is hard for one runner is not necessarily a hard thing for for another for me adding in regular strength work is a challenge because i don't enjoy it as much as me you and (laughs) yeah it's not a challenge for me quite frankly many of our clients that we work with Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, I love strength days. They're the best. I'm like, and then some of our other clients hate them. Yes, and they just they're exactly like you. Right. So there's there's this issue of what does it mean to do hard things, Mm -hmm. and you know, there's so many aspects of running, and the hard thing for one person is not necessarily the hard thing for another. So to go out and be like, oh man, I crushed like 16 times a quarter. To me, that's physically exhausting, but it's not a hard thing to do because mm-hmm. I love doing it. Even if I'm like dry heaving at the end of it, it's like, yeah, quarters. But, you know, laying on the carpet and doing a set of clamshells is like, <laughs> oh, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> but, you know, so it's, it's maybe the a hard little bit of an exaggeration. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that, that kind of leads back to the beginning of when I kind of took some days off of running, I then let the other aspects of my running slide also. Mm-hmm. And all aspects of fitness fit into my running, you know, that that's who I am as a runner. So yeah. I'm a runner in how I eat. I'm a runner in how I physically run, Mm -hmm. doing the drills, doing the strength. Those are all aspects of running. And I just literally let them all slide. Yeah. It's very interesting too. Cause I even like, I I tend to tread lightly. I try to, (laughs) you know, when it comes to you and like strength training and running and it's like, I want to be encouraging and I want to help you to kind of like think about things differently. But like, you know, there's times that Kevin and I will be talking about stuff and he'll be like, stop coaching me. And I'm like, I'm not coaching you. I'm just having a conversation as your wife. Like, I know that running is important to you. So go run, you know, and you're like, I don't have to today. Like, and it's like, you know, I, I, it's like a self-sacrificing kind of thing. Um, and it's like, you know, when we were out on vacation, um, it was 
more challenging to run because you couldn't just lace up. I mean, you could, you could lace up and run around the roads of our cabin, but it just wasn't the safest thing, right? There was no sidewalk. There were no shoulders for the roads that the roads were very windy, very hilly. Like to me, it was a very dangerous thing. I would have been very nervous for you to run right around the cabin. You would have been very nervous. So there was no way I was running right around. Yeah. Because, you know, like if, if it's some, if a car is coming around a turn and doesn't know you're there, like, you know, how fast is that car coming? Like there, the visibility was not good. Right. right. So, but yes, we could have driven to a park where there were running trails. You know, that would have been a thing. It just was that extra step. So I knew that I fully, I went into the week understanding that like I may or may not run and that I was just going to kind of take it as it is and I was going to be okay because I had been feeling kind of tired lately. I felt like I was kind of running a little ragged. And so I was going to take this week as a way to just kind of refresh. And if I was go, if I felt like running, I was going to go run, but I was going to allow myself the grace to not run. And that was going to be my act of love for myself. And so what I did realize, like the second day we were there and I woke up with the glass sliding door of our bedroom, glowing pink and orange from the beauty of the sunrise is that we, we had this balcony right outside our bedroom window. What? You, you <laughs> shove me and you're like, look at how pretty the window is. I'm like, yeah, looks orange. And then I closed my eyes again. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I went out, I got out of bed and I snuck out onto the patio and enjoyed the sunrise. And those of you guys that um, follow me on social media, if you don't yet, it's Angie Brown underscore RLR on Instagram um, or on Facebook too. But I post a lot of stuff on the Instagrams. So I po- I posted those those photos from our balcony um, and in my post, like in my feed and in my stories. And it was just so gorgeous. And then I remembered that I had a yoga mat in the back of the car. And I was like, yes, that's what it's going to be. Like this is going to be, I'm going to do morning yoga every morning out on the balcony with you know, the view of the mountains and the sunrise, that is what I'm going to do to kind of take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And then I also had some strength training stuff with the bands and stuff, but, um, I did that on the first day and, yeah. then, and then I kind of used the yoga, you did a lot of yoga. and I did a lot of yoga and kind of the calisthenics pushups and those kind of things out on the balcony to make it a little bit uh, more of a workout. But that was how I chose to go about it. Right. I chose to run away from my values And by the end of the week, it was sort of like, how did uh, you feel? I was fine at the time because like, I I felt more tired than I should have been by the end of the week, by the end of the week. Yeah. I just felt tired, which is weird because I wasn't running. I wasn't relaxing. Right. I was relaxing, but I wasn't, we went on hikes too. You know, that was good exercise. Sure. But I wasn't actually relaxing. It kind of gets into the next thing of Faking it, faking your values is sometimes way, way more challenging physically and mentally because Mm -hmm. they're really intertwined than actually finding your values. Yeah. You know, by going on and being like, no, 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 this week running is not going to be important to me. That's just a weird statement for me to say. This week running is not going to be important. That doesn't mean that I needed to go out and run. I just needed to do something and I, I was doing nothing. So by the time we got back on Saturday, you know, I, I'm, I go out and I try and run and I'm literally hobbling around like a baby bird and, um, and I'm, and I'm so angry at myself as I go through this run because I basically spent a week running away from important things to me. Well, this is, 
you know, it's kind of funny because like that statement running is not important to me. Like that's just lying to yourself because running is important (laughs) to you. But like there's a a way to reframe that, right? Like it's not that running is not important to me this week because it still is. It's just that I am going to choose not to run this week or I'm going to make that choice. Like there's, there are more empowering ways to say it that would align more with your values. Not in the middle of my run on Saturday. (laughs) There was not a lot of positive ways to say anything in the middle of my run on Saturday. You know, as, as I was there during the week, you know, I came up with all sorts of, of positive things and like, this is amazing to be able to get up and, and then make breakfast with the girls and go out on the back patio and eat breakfast with them. Like all of this was, was fantastic. And I was seeing so much positive and I really was relaxing and enjoying myself so much through it. It's just that all of that built up and I had told myself before we got there, I might not be able to run at all this week and that's going to be okay. I then just kind of let it keep slipping too far because it's one thing to say, it's okay to not go run this week like that. That's fine. But there's a value of, um, a physical fitness and activity Mm -hmm. is an important thing. And outside of hikes and when you go out on a hike with, like a seven-year-old, it's not the most physically taxing thing you can possibly right. be doing. You know, we'd go out for a hike and you would plan like a seven-miler for us. We got two and a quarter in yeah. and it just, it wasn't that hard. I'm looking at this trail. I'm like, man, this would be really fun to go run on, but we're hiking together as a family. Mm-hmm. So I just had to take a pause and breathe and be like, because family matters and we're on vacation and we're just relaxing and enjoying and spending this time with each other. Yeah. And that was good. But then I needed to go home and do some exercises because that's an important thing to me. And I, I missed that part where I was really taking care of myself. Right. And that, that's kind of goes into the ideal of living into your values, right? Like, cause like you said, faking it is far more challenging than actually just finding your values, acknowledging them and then living into it. And that doesn't make it easy. That doesn't make life easy. Like sometimes there are hard choices, things get challenging, but you don't have that sense that same sense. It's just, it's a different kind of challenging. It's a different kind of fatigue. Um, when you're constantly faking it, like you're just, it's like, you're, like you said, you're running away from it. You're hiding. Like that is exhausting. You know, it's, it's like one of those things of when you're trying to impress other people, you know, do you take on their values and try to just kind of make yourself into what they want you to be. Now that is extremely exhausting. And those of you that are adults, I'm sure have experienced this at some point in your life, whether it was like in middle school in high school, even as an adult, like there are times like when you're trying to get into a certain social group, like you're, you're going to try to take on their values. You're going to try to act like them. But like, if it doesn't align with who you are, you just never truly connect. Well, making a decision just becomes extra challenging because before you can make a decision, you have to stop and think, wait, which values am I pretending are important to me? Right. And now how would I make the decision if those values were actually important to me? Yeah. Like, is this, okay, now here's my decision. Is this me making this decision or like, how would they make this decision? And then you don't really know because that's not who you are. No. Look, is anybody actually going to be impressed by how will you pretend to take on somebody else's values? That's just not a skill that most people, you know, are trying to live up to. That's Mm -hmm. not a value that people you know, right. holding esteem. Yeah. And then that, you know, if you want to go even deeper with it, like if you do that, like if you are trying to take on someone else's values, how are you actually going to feel about yourself? Like, are you really going to feel 
satisfied and content and be impressed by the person that's in the mirror? Because most likely, no, you know, like we all know what it feels like, I think, to fake it at some point in time. Um, And it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel aligned. You don't feel like yourself. You don't feel like you're in integrity. And so when you look in the mirror, you're not proud of what you're seeing. No, I mean, that's one of my favorite poems, The Man in the Glass. That's a great one. Um, And it's all like, you know, at the end of the day, you can do whatever you want all day long, but at the end of the day, you have to look at the man in the glass. Mm. And if you're not impressed with what you're seeing, then it doesn't really matter how many other people you matter manage to impress during the day. You didn't impress yourself. And right. that's the most important person that you need to, you know, actually be proud of. Yeah. Like you need to be proud of yourself. Right. And so, you know, if you've been listening to us for a little while, you know that we coach a high school cross country team and we um, aren't really sure what's going to happen this year. You know, people keep making different decisions. Dates keep getting pushed back. Races are canceled or rescheduled. So we really have no idea what's going to be happening. We don't know if we're even going to have a season. We don't know if we're going to be able to run in races. So we had a meeting with our team yesterday on Zoom and you know, we wanted to make, like, put some power within our runners, our athletes, you know, um, we basically asked them, look guys, like there's this chance, like we're going to be completely honest with you. There's a chance this season might not happen. You know, there's a chance that we might have no races. And even if we do have some local races, there's a chance that there won't be a state meet, you know? And did you see like our, our top runner, her face just fell, yeah. you know, as soon as we said that. And, you know, it's hard, like, especially for our seniors, especially like our top runner is a senior this year, you know, and that's just so disappointing. Um, but at the same time, we basically started this conversation of what does it mean to you to be a runner? Like, why do you do this? Why are you a part of this team? And we're, you know, we told them we're still your coaches. We're still here for you. We will still coach you through this season, whatever it looks like. And in a way it can kind of give us some really cool opportunities to test different things out, you know, to, to figure out what it is that you like about running, what it is that is important to you and how you want to challenge yourself right now. Yeah. It's, it's really tricky because we do this a lot in the spring where we're like, Hey, you know, team meeting, who's interested in running. And we have them fill a little questionnaire. And one of the questions is why do you run cross country? And a lot of them are like, you know, I want to see how fast I can get my 5k time. And a lot of the rest of them go with, I like to run with my friends. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that we might not have a lot of races. They might be in a really awkward format where you're not really racing against a lot of people. There probably, I'm leaning towards probably, won't be a full-blown state meet where we're gathering people from all over Florida and lining them up on a line together and mm-hmm. saying, go run. That does not seem likely to right. me. Like our athletic director even said, like, even if there is a state meet, what's yeah. the likelihood of us actually going to it? Yeah. Not that we wouldn't qualify, because we most likely would qualify, but, but being, Would the school allow us to even travel right. to it? Do they think that's safe enough? Or the parents, like, yep. or even just us as coaches, like, being in a bus with these kids for seven hours, like, right. in an enclosed space like that these are so so many things that we need to think about but then at practice you know right now we're supposed to be able to run so that the kids are at practice but they're in small little clusters so if you like to come and and run because you're part of the team and you're out there and you're like look I'm with all of these people that with all of these people is now getting changed also because Mm -hmm. you have to live in your little bubble yeah and so at the end of the day we're like hey if you guys don't want to do this it's okay 
Like you don't have to do it. No one's forcing you to run cross country, but if you do, you're going to really need to figure out why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. Like, why is it that you're showing up day after day? And I think that the the kids that are going to stick are the ones that are then going to be like, okay, well, practice was canceled because a thunderstorm came through, but I still need to go and work out. Or we're having optional practice over the weekend and I can't make it, but I'm still running on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I think that we're going to get kids that are more dedicated because they put in the effort to figure out why they're doing this in the first place. Right. Like it might be a smaller group, but the group that we're going to have is going to be dedicated and committed to it. Which is tragic because we might not be able to take them to a state meeting. I know. But you know what? Minus the seniors, like that could set us up very well for the next season, you know, like, and these are the values that we try to instill in our team year after year. And we keep strengthening, you know, the mindset work that we do with our team. You know, we used to not think about it at all. Um, and we used to just go out and train them and give them all the same training plan, you know, like 10 years ago. That's kind of yep. what you did, right? Um, but lately, and especially since we've been in our, you know, new world of real life runners and, and trying to figure out how to train people in the best way possible and train people all over the world, like it's one of those things that we have, we have been making it more personalized. We have been focusing on the mindset and the belief system, especially, you know, these kids are in high school, they're teenagers. And if we can affect them at this level, like imagine what that sets them up for, for the rest of their life. Like it's just huge. If we can even get them to start thinking about what their values are, you know, what it is that drives them as a runner, what it is that drives them as a person. Like they don't have to have it all figured out by 16, but like they're just starting the conversation with themselves. Yes. By, by not just ignoring feelings and values and emotions and things like that. Cause you know, half the team's boys and your high school boy is not like, Ooh, these are feelings and emotions. I'd like to dig into that conversation. (laughs) They're just not. Yes, please sign (laughs) me up. So (laughs) we're like, Hey, we're going to make you run long distances, do quarter mile repeats, all of these strength routines and dig into your feelings and emotions. Still want to join. Yeah. And we have kids that are still like, yes, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't seem like it's going to be easy, but sign me up because it seems like it's going to be worthwhile. Right. So this is where it comes down to, right? It comes down to this choice. And we gave all of the kids a choice. I, I told them on Zoom the other day because they're all used to online learning now. So they all yep. had themselves muted. They were all so cute. And, you know, I said, okay, guys, so who still wants to be a part of the team? Give me a thumbs up or give me a thumbs down. And all of them gave me a thumbs up, every single one. And I said, well, you know, the fact that you're the ones showing up on this Zoom call in the middle of the summer is probably a good sign that you are going to be the ones. Right giving me that thumbs up, you know, but you know, what about choices that have two good options or no good options? You know, let's, let's go back to this. Like, so we always have choices in our life. We always have options. And like we said, our values are those anchors that help us to make these choices when it comes down to making these difficult decisions in our lives. And sometimes the difficult decision could be between two really good options and you're not sure which one to choose. And then there are other choices that there really seems like no good options and you really don't know what to do. All right. So the, the, First one, let's deal with when there's two good options. Mm -hmm. This goes back to why you can't have like 10 to 15 values that are all super important to you. If you have 10 most important values, you have none. Right. Like you, you don't because you're going to have too many choices where it's like, well, these are both the most important thing to me. Mm -hmm. How do I pick between them? You need to keep refining and narrowing down to like the most important one, maybe two. That's what it ultimately comes down to. So, um, 
I like to relate this to when I started teaching remotely. The principal was like, all right, go through and look at what you plan on continuing to teach for the fourth quarter and now cut it in half and figure out what's the most important thing to teach. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh wait, I can't teach this and this and this and this. All I can do is cover the most important thing and make sure the kids really grasp that concept. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of look at everything that I was trying to do and say, nope, this is the most important thing that will help them continue to move forward. You know, that's where your values come from. What's the most important thing that will help you be the best version of yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, in running, what's the step that I can take that will help me improve my running? In life, what's the choice I can make, you know, in whatever aspect of life that will help me show up as the best version of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, the same thing applies to running, right? Like when you think about your running, you can ask yourself, like, what is the best thing that I can do right now, given these current circumstances in this current situation, what's the best thing that I can do right now to step toward my running goal. You know, maybe that's increasing mileage. Maybe that's taking a step back and decreasing mileage and focusing on your strength training. Like that's not an easy thing to do for a lot of runners because in their head, they're like, well, I have to run at least 25 miles per week or 30 miles per week or whatever that number is in your head. And so to take a step back, people think, oh no, I'm, I'm going backwards. You know, like if I cut my mileage, that means that I'm weaker than I was before, that I'm regressing in my running. Yep. But sometimes that is the better choice because then you can take pull back on the mileage, build a solid foundation, and then when you rebuild that mileage up, you're going to be so much stronger going down that path again. Right, or there's a lot of people that run because running is their sanity. Mm-hmm. Like if I don't run, then I don't feel right for the rest of the day. Like yeah. it helps me clear my mind. So if you're going out and pushing really hard on every run, especially over the summer where it's like a billion degrees, yeah. you know, if you go out and you have a terrible run and then the next day you go out and you have another terrible run, you go out and the next day and you have another terrible run, you're not getting the sanity. Yeah. Like running is now a source of frustration exactly. for you. This yep. is not bringing more joy and light into your life. Running is now this thing that you've told yourself you have to do in the morning because it helps you feel better, but you don't feel better at the end of it. So the better choice is slowing down your run, cutting that run maybe, maybe flipping over and doing a cross training thing. Like whatever it is, like if running is your source of joy and peace and happiness, you need to adjust it so that it's still joy, peace and happiness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we have a a hard time adjusting sometimes in, you know what, sometimes we don't make the best choice. Like, and I think that that's something that we need to acknowledge too. Like you can only make the choice right now that you think is the best. And then you go down that path and you might realize that that wasn't in fact the best choice. And guess what? Like you can go back and choose to, you know, uh, veer off. Like you can choose a detour at that point. You can go back to the other path or you can choose a completely different path at that point. You know, I think that this is where a lot of parents find themselves right now with the decision to let their kids go back to school. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's wonderful. But it's like, you know, there are so many of the moms that I've been talking to lately don't know what to do. And because there are no good options. Like this right now is the perfect example. I'm not going to go into politics and talk no, about that. No, nope, please don't. Nope, no politics. But 
school (laughs) is the perfect opportunity to say like, look, there are no good options here. Like sending your kid to school has these risks. Keeping them home has these risks. Like there are risks on both sides. There are positives and negatives on both sides. And so every single person has to figure out what choice makes the most sense to them. What is the best choice for that? And it's not the same for everyone. Right. But ultimately a choice has to get made. Stagnation is not a value that anybody is like, yes. Like no one has the inspirational poster that says, just don't do anything. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Stay right where you are. Stay in bed and give up. Like that's (laughs) not like, yes, that's how I live my life. Yeah. Like it's just not, it's not the value that people are going for. You have to make make a choice even when it doesn't seem like there's a good option something is going to be closer to your values like ultimately that decision you're like no it's a really hard choice because there's good and bad on both sides of it sure but one of them aligns closer to the values like if you're looking at a decision you're like ah i really don't know which way to choose on this one you do like you really do know which way to choose you just don't necessarily want to do it because it doesn't look easy Mm-hmm. That's the problem yeah. is you see positives on the other side. You can see your values on both sides a little bit. But if you really thought about it, one of the sides feels correct to you. Yeah. It just might not seem like, all right, this is the one that we're going to celebrate because other people who you might think are you know very intelligent, whose opinion you value mm-hmm. are choosing the other thing. And that's the right thing for them. Yep. But it's not right for you. You align with one of these things and ultimately you have to make that choice the thing is that there's good and bad on both sides no one wants to make the choice Mm -hmm. but eventually there's going to be a deadline and people are just trying to push that decision off right and you know what does not make decision making easier procrastination (laughs) like (laughs) that's a slippery behavior the decision does not become easier by pushing it off Mm -hmm. like all it does is build up that the value of that decision like the importance of that decision more like oh I'll get to that decision eventually. Now that decision looks like this huge monumental thing. And it's not like there aren't hard decisions. You just make them feel hard. But if you stop and really think about it, you already know which way you want to go. Yeah. You, you want to go into your values. It just might not feel great and it might not look easy. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, for example, if someone holds courage to be one of their highest value, they might think that it's, you know, this is part of the the trickiness of it too, is that sometimes your value, you can have your value on both sides, right? So we'll take the, the, the school example. Is the courageous thing to send your kid back to school or is the courageous thing to keep them home and have, you know, the courage to homeschool? You know, because for some people that is the courageous choice. Like, you know, if your faith, if your value is faith, if you want, if that's one of your top ones, do you have, you know, enough faith to send them back to school that everything's going to be okay, you know, or that you'll figure it out along the way. Same thing with homeschooling. Like, do you have the faith that you can figure it out as you go and that homeschooling will be the right option? So you can see a lot of times like your value on both sides of the equation. So then it just kind of comes down to that like deeper sense of what you really do feel is right. Right. And that deeper sense it's inside of you. You got to lean into your intuition on this because you really have made 
your mind up in most choices that are presented to you. Like you have. When the choice is presented, you know the answer to it. It's just a matter of how long until you accept the choice that is inside of you and go with it. Yeah. You know, and it's it's tricky and everybody wants to put it off difficult choices, but that's not gonna make them easier. And there's a lot of times where you look at a situation and it looks like there are two options, and that's because we're ignoring door number three. You know, sometimes, and I'm not saying there's a good one on school here because right. really you're sending the kid or you're not. Right. We're, ta- we're talking more in general. More in, in general. Yeah. Very often there is a third choice that we're completely ignoring because in our mind we've blown that up as so difficult or mm-hmm. basically impossible or no one's ever done that before. So that's not even an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Like that might be the option for you just because it's difficult, just because other people have told you you can't do it that way or no one's ever done it that way or you don't deserve that way. That doesn't mean that's not the best choice for you. Mm -hmm. It's just unknown. And so maybe picking the unknown choice, picking the big scary choice is the best option. It's just, it's a tricky option to see sometimes because our brain wants to protect us from the big scary unknown option, even if it really is an option sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think at this point, it's probably pretty clear why all of this matters. Um, I think that we've done a pretty good job like making that point of why your values matter because they are your anchors. They are your grounding points. And when it comes to hard choices and hard decisions, it's the values that matter. But along with our values also come behaviors, you know? So I, I highly recommend this book, Dare to Lead, um, especially for anyone in any sort of leadership or management position, um, because she talks also about anchoring those behaviors to your values. Like, so for each value, you also have to have corresponding behaviors that will help you know what to do in any given situation, you know? So, you know, all of this matters in our life as a whole. You know, we talked a little bit about school here, but it also matters in our running too, because if we don't have a good, clear idea of what we value and why we run, you know, that's when people start to struggle with motivation. There's so many people out there that say, oh, I just need motivation. I need motivation. Like you don't really need motivation, quote unquote, if you have that deeper understanding of why you do what you do because it's a part of who you are. Like, of course, there are some days that it's much easier to just go out than others. And like I found days that I'm like, I really don't feel like it today. And there are some times that I'll allow myself to just say, okay, you know what? Today I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to honor myself and I'm just not going to do my planned workout for today. But then I never let it go two days, you Mm -hmm. know, like it's then getting back to who I am and what I do on the next day. Because if I let it go for too long, like you were saying, you know, with, with our vacation, if you let it go for too long, then it just kind of starts to seep into other areas as well. Right. Yes. Then it, it just, it spreads and it, it moves itself along. Like, it's like you, a virus. Yes. <laughs> Wear a mask. Um, you know, you are, are onto, um, onto what born to lead. Is that the dare to lead dare to lead. After you stopped reading Atomic Habits, it Mm -hmm. got passed from one nightstand to the other, and I Mm -hmm. made it through that one, which is where I came up with, where I stole this line, quite frankly, um, of the obstacle to greatness is boredom. Mm. People are like, oh, no, no, goodness is the, I think we had the episode on good prevents you from being great, like Mm -hmm. satisfied with good. The obstacle to greatness is boredom. 
And if you really know your why, you don't need motivation. Like you don't need to like fire up rah-rah music. I'm gonna watch this YouTube video and I'm, I can do it. Like you just know why. So you don't need any sort of motivational tactics to get you out the door because you know why. Even on days where it's boring, even on days where it's like, well, yeah, I've, I've run this same loop around my neighborhood 17 times. I've done it. Or 39 well, yes, but I mean like the day in and Actually, day 40. out. Yes, I did. I did nail 40. Um, but the day in and day out of, all right, in, in this current circumstance, I only run this loop. Like maybe you used to have several different loops that you'd ran and different paths that you would run, but now some of them are blocked off because they're too popular and you don't feel comfortable in them or you're trying to stay close to your house. And so you're just literally repeating the same running routine over and over. That's boredom and so you're trying to avoid doing that but it's repeating the same seemingly boring task over and over again that gets the consistency that gets the huge payoff that's the path towards accomplishing great things is not quitting and changing when it seems like it's getting boring but continuing to pursue that activity because it aligns with you it just doesn't provide that like flare of variety and excitement Mm -hmm. yeah but you know ultimately it just comes down again to your values because your values are that foundation that you can always hold strong to that they're who you are inside and they can provide that beacon or that lighthouse and they can light the path of where you need to go next what decision do you need to make because it's who you are it's what you do Um, and I think that once we get clear on that it makes life a little bit easier it makes running a little bit easier because we just know that this is what I have to do. You know, this is who I am. This is what I'm put here to do. So this is what I have to do. That's excellent. Finding the values might be difficult, but living the values once you found them makes life so much easier. Absolutely. So I think that that's a perfect place for us to end today's episode. As always, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you being here. So we're going to do a new thing here. So if you are listening to us, what we want you to do is take a screenshot of either you listening to us or take a screenshot of... I guess it would be a picture. Take a picture of yourself listening to us, like a selfie, um, or just take a screenshot of your of your phone um, and post that up on Instagram and tag us at Real Life Runners. Um, we're gonna do a new thing where we're going to enter in anyone that tags us in one of their posts, they're going to um, be entered into a monthly drawing to win a one-on-one coaching call with us. So either take a selfie and tag us or take a screenshot and tag us, whatever you do, just make sure you tag at Real Life Runners on Instagram. You know, let us know your takeaway, share this episode with a friend, tag us if you want to be entered into our monthly drawing to win a one-on-one coaching call with us. Um, And We'll see how that goes because we are excited to talk to you guys more and just get out there and, you know, kind of learn what you're struggling with and help you kind of work through it. So we would absolutely love to talk to you. So um, post post us up, tag us at Real Life Runners, and hopefully we will, um, you know, you'll win our monthly contest. So that's about it for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been episode number 151 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Now get out there and run your life.